Hey guys, it's Dawn and I wanted to let you know about a new space I'm creating called What's the Truth Community. If you experience trauma in childhood, the truth can be really elusive. In toxic families, the truth of what goes on behind closed doors is hidden. And I speak to people every day who are only just now beginning to discover the truth of who they really are years later because we were given so many false beliefs about ourselves. Nobody loves you. You should be ashamed. You'll never amount to anything. All the lies are manipulation within toxic family homes. But each belief that gets filed away in your subconscious mind is so powerful. Each belief changes every choice you make and that can change the entire direction of your life. If you are ready to create a beautiful life for yourself, come and join me in the What's the Truth community. By sharing truth, we are learning to step out of the fog and see what is the truth of your life so far. Because once you can see it, you can fix it. We are going to be talking about truth so that you can finally live in peace, freedom and authenticity. In the What's the Truth membership, you will have access to subscriber-only episodes, all ad-free and all for the cost of a cup of coffee a month. This is the most important community you will become a part of this year. If you listen via the Apple Podcasts app, you can sign up right there in the app. And if you listen on any other platform, you can sign up via Supercast. It's super easy and the links are in the show notes. This is your safe space. I'm so excited for you to join me. I would tell you anything you wanted to hear if I thought it would make you not mad at me. So even if I got a bad grade, I'm not telling you I even got my report card. You know, if I didn't clean something, I'm going to tell you I did. I, I was really scared of punishment. Welcome to How My Parents Raised Me. I'm Dawn Chitty. When we are born, we arrive here as pure and perfect souls and the direction our life takes from that moment is deeply connected to what our parents bring to our lives and what our parents bring to our lives is deeply connected to what their parents brought to their lives and that's the cycle of families. I have always craved connection with real and raw stories to understand what makes you you what makes you the absolutely unique human that you are? Stories are medicine for the soul. They can connect us and they can change the world. And so in this podcast, I'm listening to beautiful souls sharing their story. What happened to them, how they got through and how they have healed and thrived despite everything to arrive right here in this moment. Content warning, if you are triggered by the themes of this podcast, please seek a helpline in your city. Hey, my beautiful friends. I wanted to say thank you to you if you have left a review for the podcast. When I see 
a new review pop up, I am always so grateful and I always read them. There is no way for me to reply to your reviews. I always think, oh, I wish I could say thank you. I wish I could reply. But if you have left a review, I truly appreciate it. It means the world to me. I'm super excited to have a guest blogger on the Heal blog this week. Melanie Oliver is a holistic therapist and an emotional healing coach, and she grew up with a narcissistic mother, which left her anxious and depressed. This week, she is sharing with us her blog post, How I Healed from Depression, Five Tips to Deeply Support Your Healing. The link to this blog post is in the show notes. It usually only takes one toxic parent to change the entire dynamic of a family. One toxic parent means everyone in the family is scrambling to be in the good books. Nobody wants to be the scapegoat. Nobody wants the entire family turned against them. In this quick chat episode, Bailey is talking about how living in fear means she started telling a lot of lies in order to stay safe. How she felt so alone and in so much pain from a very young age and how all of her siblings were turned against her. So growing up, I had a really bad lying problem. I would tell you anything you wanted to hear if I thought it would make you not mad at me. So even if I got a bad grade, I'm not telling you I even got my report card, you know, If I didn't clean something, I'm going to tell you I did. I I was really scared of punishment, and that made me act out in a lot of ways of that. They would always find out, of course, you know, their, their parents. And when they did, I would get in trouble. And so growing up, I didn't really get to do a lot of things. I really struggled with making friends. And... I was really reserved and when I did meet someone I would talk too much and get too comfortable too quick just because I guess I wanted someone to listen and then if they found out what I told them that's a whole nother problem. So growing up I started getting into sexual activity extremely early. I didn't lose my virginity till I was the summer before my junior year. And, but I was, before that, I was sending pictures, talking to older men, talking to people my age, pretty much anyone that would talk to me, I was, I was messaging and sending inappropriate pictures to and talking inappropriately to. And after I lost my virginity, I went to a downward spiral where I was addicted to not sex, but I was addicted to the high that I would get and not feeling any pain. I I would just focus on that and I was okay for that brief little bit. And then after that, I got really hooked on weed. I was constantly smoking it just to try to forget and escape where I was. And when they caught me sending and talking, not dirty to people, they would send the screenshots around my family and I was forced to read the messages to my father in his face. That was really traumatic for me because that is inappropriate talking. Like, and I'm telling my dad that it was just 
really uncomfortable and I honestly felt like my privacy was being exploited. I I had the whole family's eyes on me and seeing my body, like I was just extremely uncomfortable. And after that, I stopped caring. You know, I just was like, well, they done seen it. Now I, you know, why not keep doing it? Yeah, I 100% understand that. It's when you've been abandoned, you're doing anything whatsoever for connection, right? We all want to connect. We all need to connect. It's a basic human need. And when you have been totally abandoned in this way, this is how you were finding a connection. This is how you were finding somebody to, I mean, it's like you're looking for love, isn't it? You're looking for the love that you never ever received and I totally hear you I totally understand that because we're just little kids we we all we crave is love you know we're just craving that and the way we go about getting it often isn't the best way but it's the only way we figured out and so mm. you know I, I I totally understand that that's where you found yourself. Who was actually making you read this out to your dad? Was it your stepmother? It, it was my stepmother. She would, because I was really hardly ever allowed a phone growing up because I was always doing that sort of stuff. So they would take my phone away from me. But of course, me being the rebellious teenager, I would find a way. And whenever they would find out, I was forced to read the messages and my dad would scroll through the snapchat and see all my pictures and they would just tell me how much well not my dad my stepmom would tell me how much of a slut I am and how I'm disgusting and if I'm being honest I feel like that made me do it more because I was getting nothing but insults from them and the guys I was talking to, they never insulted me, you know? So I do feel like that's where I pretty much lived if in, in a way. I was only happy when I was talking to someone. Yeah. And that's what I think a lot of parents don't seem to understand is that if you're not going to communicate, if you're not going to connect and try and understand and listen and and help your own child they're not going to want to talk to you nobody wants to talk to somebody who's being hateful you know you're always going to go to whoever it is that's giving you attention kindness love you know it's not a difficult thing for people to work out and yet it's it happens for so many kids you know they they turn away from their own parents because they're not given any kind of acceptance or love. And mm -hmm. I know that your stepmother was also quite physically abusive, wasn't she? Yes, she was. She would often result to, I don't even call it spanking because it was way worse than a spank. It was a beating and what hurts the most is whenever I would tell someone about this, it was resulted in them saying like, for, for instance, her daughters would say, oh, I got it worse than you. When 
one time I couldn't find my hairbrush because it was too tall above my dresser. I was a little girl and I couldn't see above my dresser and it was up there on top of my dresser and I just couldn't see it. So she told me to go brush my hair and I couldn't find it. So I told her I can't find my hairbrush. And she picked me up by my ear off the ground and made me grab it and then threw me on the ground. Wow. And I mean, there's, I mean, numerous other times I can think of. She's yanked me out of the shower while I was naked and confronted me about the pictures I was sending when I had nothing on a towel in front of my own dad while she's over here pretty much throwing me around and I'm trying to keep the towel on me. And she didn't let me go get dressed until he told her to go, to let me go get dressed. And it's just a lot of humiliating things that have been done. It wasn't uncommon of her when she's yelling at me to grab my face and squeeze it extremely hard. And I feel like that even to this day is still affecting me where if I get any kind of any kind of altercation, I shut down and I immediately start crying because I get scared that someone's going to hurt me or even just belittle me. Yeah. Did she ever actually try and talk to you? The only time she, I would say, tried talking to me was when we had a conversation one day after, well, pretty much while she was yelling at me, not even a conversation, she said, is there something fucking wrong with you? Like, are you fucked up in the head while she was poking me in my head? And she, she literally said, is there something fucking wrong with you? Do I need to take you to get your head checked out? And at that time was when I was really depressed. And I went into a state where I was like, maybe there is something wrong with me. Like, if I'm making her so unhappy, like, I went into a very suicidal stage. And the only reason why I could never do it was because of my little brother. I couldn't leave him by himself. And that turned me towards running away. I, I ran away several times. Several times. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. And when you would run away and come back, would, would you come back by yourself when you'd run away or were you brought back? Every time I was brought back, the only time that I per se came back was when I ran away for about three to four days and I ended up going to my mom's house asking her to pick me up and she can't pick me up and the cops came and told me I had to come back at the time I was 17. And when I got back, my stepmother wasn't there. And for, she wasn't there for what I believe was about a day, but I slept pretty much the whole, the, for the first two days I was back because for a while I was gone, I didn't hardly sleep. I was really bad on weed and I just couldn't 
get uh, relaxed enough to sleep and I was in a almost a paranoia state to where I constantly I was constantly thinking that, that they found me and I would I would rather at that time had been homeless than back there I just could not I was so unhappy yeah and when when you run away and the police bring you back I mean is mm-hmm. anybody offering you any kind of assistance any kind of counseling is there anything offered to help so after I would say this third second or third time I ran away they put me in a counseling to where we were going to try to repair our relationship and when we went I thought it was just going to be just me or maybe just me and my dad because at that time I didn't want a relationship with her with my stepmom I didn't want a relationship I was done you know I I was old enough to realize how toxic of a person she was and I didn't see her changing so all I wanted was my dad and she ended up coming to the first session and during that session the therapist asked them to tell me three good things about myself and my dad he said three he may have said three or more things I don't quite remember but my stepmom she all she could say about me was I'm a very beautiful young lady and to me that hurt really bad because like you can't think of three things like it was just a slap in the face and that's what really pushed me over the edge of being done with her I just felt so disrespected and I felt like she came for no reason if she's going to be like that. Yeah. And so did you, did the counseling continue? It continued for a couple of sessions, but during it, I want to say during it, I had ran away again. And that time I was gone for like a week and my oldest brother came and got me from where I was at because I was sexually assaulted and I was severely beat up and he came and got me and I went to what I think is one or two more sessions after that because I my dad let me move out and I was living with my brother and my mom at the time and after that I ended up meeting someone who I'm still with to this day and he was kind of my saving grace as I like to think of it. And so I quit going to therapy because he lived pretty far away from where I was doing therapy. I would still like to be in therapy, but it's just not in the cars for me right now, maybe in the future, but I definitely do think I would still want to do it. Yeah. So, so you tried to run away several times you you've had all these suicidal thoughts you're depressed and yet the belief around you is still she's just a bad kid it's interesting yes it, it very much is and what's sad is that that's still the narrative to this day I don't have relationship with almost anyone in my family I only talk to my grandmother and grandfather and I also talked to my little brother and that's all I've reached out to my dad and it'll go unanswered 
I am just really lost at this point on how to move forward because we were talking for about a three month period, maybe more. And it ended up, it ended in us in an argument because he didn't want to believe how his wife is and pretty much said that, you know, I didn't grow up in any kind of bad situation that it's all my fault. That, and that's how all my siblings feel. I have almost 13 siblings and they all don't talk to me because wow. of that narrative. Yeah. And that is a narrative, isn't it? It really is because we all deal with things in different ways and you know there might have been other kids in the the family around and about everybody's getting treated differently you not everybody gets treated the same not everybody deals with everything the same you know and it's like well everybody else is fine what's wrong with you and it's it's a really lonely place to be isn't it it, it really is one of the main things that I that really hurts me is growing up you know, whenever your parents wake you up for school, you know, it's, I mean, it's not supposed to be a good experience, but I feel like I got a really bad experience. When my stepmother would come wake me up, she would oftentimes wake me up by poking me on my, on my forehead repeatedly. And then once I would wake up, she would go into her son's room and get in bed with them and, you know, start playing with them, tell them, get up my baby. Like, you know, just be really sweet. And that hurt really badly. Or she would just come in and flick on the light and not say a word to me. So it's just things like that, that I feel like people may not see it as something big, but it affected me very big. Yeah. Well, it is because you've already, you're already filled up with abandonment, grief, you know, anger, like everything is already there. And then on top of that, you know, if, you, if you're loved and cherished every day of your life and someone pokes you on the head, well, you're going to go, oh, that's annoying, right? But if you're drowning in just being abandoned and somebody pokes you like that just to wake you up, I mean, it's like, it's like the horrible icing on the cake, isn't it? It's like the extra thing that just <laughs> yeah. kind of, you just go, why? Why do I need that on top of everything else? I mean... It's just everybody's experience in a family is so different and there's no real understanding in any way for what you've been through as an individual human. And that's, that's, that's the hardest part, I think, isn't it? And so if I was to ask you what's the happiest you've ever felt in your life, what, what time do you remember? The happiest that I would say is now. I mean, I don't think there's ever a point in my childhood where I can be like, I was genuinely happy during that time because there just simply isn't. You know, I did enjoy going to work with my dad. That's something that we did most of the time. And I was the designated gate opener. And I mean, I, I really did enjoy that time, but you know, that's maybe eight hours out of the day that were fun and happy but after that it's back to you know the same old but genuinely now I'm the happiest that I've ever been and 
that's why I really do call my fiance my saving because if it wasn't for him, I really don't know where I'd be right now. Thank you for being on this journey of healing and community with me. If you listen on Apple, I would love it if you could take a moment to post a review for the podcast. It would mean a lot. Check the show notes for all links recommended in this episode. If you're on Instagram, follow me at my big love project and please share this episode with someone you know needs to hear it. Thank you for joining me. You are such an incredible soul because you are you. You are unique. Your journey is unique and you can absolutely change the world with your story. Your time is precious and I so appreciate you being here. Thanks for joining me. I'll catch you next week.